Triple M footy lives on listener. Thanks to McDonald's and Ream Hot Water. right in there and having a good sniff around the Monday Scrum. Here we go, Monday Scrum, finals week. It's finally here. Adam Peacock alongside a very well-dressed Brent Reid. Yeah. He's obviously been somewhere important today. Jimmy was, there. On. Jimmy was there as well, but I'll get to him he's in a not moment. so well-dressed. No, no, no. No, yeah. I was. I was at the NRL finals launch. Looking sharp. Yeah, I'm you know, just doing my best, mate, you know. And uh, Jimmy got here a little little late, but we weren't about late. to wrestle him. So uh, <laughs> I reckon he could have taken both of us at once. Yeah, but Brady. you know, if I, I'm, I abide to the culture of the organisation, <laughs> and let's just say here at the the Monday Scrum, yeah. um, timekeeping isn't a priority. I like the way Jimmy <laughs> gets here late and he gives us all a hurry up to start the <laughs> podcast. How does that work? Why? No, no <laughs> Matt. I've got to hurry up. They said Jimmy wants to go. Wants to get it done. You, you said you needed to be at home for school pickup. So. Yeah, I know. My poor kid's going to be waiting outside the school oh, again. That's right. That's all. Matt, it's a little bit of hardship. They'll grow. I look it's like all the, for the greater like I've already got a reputation as the the late parent. Now you're going to cost me. How far from school to home is it? Like from yeah, from oh, your kid's school to. I don't know. It's up nine hundred meters, kilometer, kilometer Look. and a half. He's, he's twelve years old. He can't be walking home on his own. Twelve years old. Are you old? joking? No, he's 11. Yeah? Oh, he's 12. He's 12. No, he's 11. He's 11. I used oh, to walk home from here. preschool. Oh, I lie. No. He's 12. He just turned 12. He turned 12. He's 12. He's 12. He just turned 12. You sure. can't walk home at 12. Mate, you know can what? You? Yes, you can. And also, yeah. if you don't even know your own kid's birthday. No, he's 12. His like, birthday was what? last month. Mate, I'm not reading any. I'm, you know how I don't look at who writes the columns? <laughs> I, if you don't even know... What your kid? How old your kid is? How are you supposed to know what's going he's, on in the world? 12, sorry, Ellie. But anyway, he's not walking home at twelve years old. Why? On his own. On his so own. you live in the northern beaches. What's going to happen <laughs> he there? Live in the Bronx. He's fine. No, he's what? Not. <laughs> Run a simulation a billion <laughs> yeah. times over. He walks home on his own today, <laughs> and a billion of those times well, he gets home. What, if he rode a bike, I'd let him ride a bike. My oldest that's son, that's yes. My oldest son, we let ride his bike to and from school in year, year six. But yeah. the young one, he can't walk. He won't do it anyway. He's very. Really, he I, can be I, a bit lazy. You know at what? Times. Like, you don't come across as like a, a, a faffer, but, but you <laughs> are like someone that faffs around. Oh, they can't walk like an over panicker. Like, oh, we live in fit in fear. Like, oh no, what happens if, a, what happens if the, someone scary gets yeah. him? It's like, it's not going to happen, is it? Uh, is what? it? You never know. What if a hurricane evolves out of nowhere and takes him away just on that 900 meter walk take, home? Just takes one bloke with a van and some bored lollies. <laughs> no, it, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. On, it, it doesn't take that. It doesn't, it doesn't happen anymore, really. It back in our day, okay. maybe. Yeah. There was a guy on the northern beaches, by the way, back in the day that used to there go. You, go. I know, but you can't live in, in fear like no, that. No, you cannot, James. You cannot live in fear like James that. James Graham, how are you, by the way? <laughs> I'm absolutely outstanding. I had a very busy day. Yes. Um, you went NRL who launch. Who was Jam and Cheese. Yep. NRL launch. Jim. Jim. Yep. Who here was, now. Who was here your best go. interview at the launch? Who was your best? Who was the most entertaining? Do you know who surprised me? Christian Welsh. Christian. You just called him Christine? Christian Welsh. <laughs> Christian. <laughs> called him Christine, didn't he? Christian. He Christian. He's quite a smart guy. He is. And, he, and, he, and you know what? He's Wait. pretty funny yeah, as well. He's got a bit of a sense of humor, Christian. Like, uh, you know, I was, I was expecting a straight bat from him, but he, um, 
He was actually pretty. He's in my fantasy NFL comp that I began. God, an, good job you finished that your sentence. Yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> he's in my fantasy. Fill in the gap. Jeez, NFL comp. Are you yeah. looking? Are you fishing for a sponsor here to get? Oh, I'd love that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying, I'm trying to have a tournament, a big comp. tournament. The amount of tripe out there on <laughs> socials on some of the TV channels, that, you know, like and a bit of an insight into the NRL players and journalists mm. NFL fantasy the, the, there's a show in it there's content yeah. there I agree I mean yeah. Triple M yeah. mate reality that's what Triple hard. M needs another podcast Re- yeah. well <laughs> put it on the listener shelf and everyone yeah, will listen let's do it. Um, the buy round will take you on oh hold on here we go now we're talking Mate, I can't get it my head around fantasy. Reality's hard enough, let alone... <laughs> You'd have to host it, Adam, because you host every other podcast. <laughs> <right? laughs> okay. <laughs> um, okay, boys. Should we talk footy? So or? here we go. <laughs> We've got the finals and all games live on Triple M and Listener. We've got Friday night, Bronco Storm. That's on air from 6pm. We've got Saturday, they're on air from 12. It's a big lead-in before the 4pm kickoff Super. out at uh, Penrith between the Panthers and Warriors. Should be an absolute beauty, that one. And then on Saturday night, right off the back is Sharkies and Roosters. And then on Sunday from 12... Of course, before the four, four o'clock kickoff, the team's on the road. It's a road trip up to Newcastle, down to Newcastle, wherever they're coming from for the Knights and Raiders. So we'll go through them one by one. Firstly, guys, Bronco Storm, uh, this time with meaning after last week's meeting. Not that that was a re- how relevant, how irrelevant was that last regular last round of the regular season meeting, James, before first week of the finals meeting, given well, all the players missing. If the Broncos had a one. Mm-hmm. They'd be playing the Warriors at home. Yep. So it has the it, it, the there has been real life consequences for that um, for that decision by the Broncos not to feel the full strength team. Um, so it set up a arguably a more difficult task for them going mm-hmm. into week one of the finals. I so. got poo pooed a bit in the Saturday show, Jimmy, because I said that I thought um, Brisbane losing that game. Um, that game meant a bit more for me on the weekend than maybe it did for Penrith because Brisbane haven't won anything in a long time. It was a chance to win a minor premiership. Then beating the Storm in God, God knows how long it was a chance to beat the Storm. And the fact they rested guys, it's probably good. Well, it's cost them the game probably and it's cost them the chance to win the minor premiership. And I, and for me, that was that's pretty significant for that Broncos side. A lot of people, people I was on with basically bagged me, which I'm used to. I'm just a punching bag, Jim. But that was my theory. Do you think it, do you think it means a bit more to Brisbane because they haven't won anything in quite some time or not? Um, look, I was surprised to see the Broncos rest as many players as what they did. And, and that's purely because they had a bye in round 19 and a bye in round 25. They had the best bye schedule um, in terms of a lead into finals and a, a far superior bye schedule than any other football club. So um, they've had rests and they should be fresh. I thought... Um, it was a perfect opportunity to, to, to play together. Obviously, if anybody's carrying a, a niggling injury, and, and that's probably what it leans into is a bit of a, a appreciation um, from me and, and hopefully from the public on just how tough this competition is um, mm. and how grueling it is. The fact that um, despite even having those favourable buys, they still look to to rest up and uh, and recover from a, a grueling season. They have a heavy representation as well in the state of origin period, but it's not about winning a minor premiership um, for, for them. It's about being there and winning that final, uh, the first September in, in October 
Um, there's no right or wrong approach. We will judge retrospectively, no doubt. Um, yeah. Same with the Panthers. They they approached Saturday's game with near enough a full strength, and that's because that's what they think they needed to do in order to peak on uh, that Saturday in, uh, in in October. As opposed to what they did 12 months ago. Yes. Which was give everyone a rest and then went after the minor premiership and more silverware for, for Penrith. Jeez, they were impressive. Again, and I know the Cowboys... I mean, they can I ask one more Broncos question, yeah, Jimmy? Yeah. They won, so the Storm won fourteen games in a row against them, right? Is that at some point that's there's something to that? It's not as there's some psychological thing about that. Absolutely, there is, and and yeah. things like bogey teams exist. Yeah. Like the players conscious of it, Jimmy? Though, do you think? I, I don't know if there's actual something conscious there because obviously it's it's 14 games in a row now and I'm not going to look back to the game one of those yeah. but I imagine there's not many players that were representing either organization during those fixtures but they'd know about it those but players, they'd know about they? them yeah. and and even you know um we're not a gambling podcast but I've spoke to bookmakers and they'll put that into account mm. like and it's in the algorithm they don't like to they don't give money away. They they look for every detail, and bogey teams do exist. And um, look, it 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 is a, it is a factor into this game because the Storm play a certain style, and they've played that certain style for a long, long time now. And yes, it's evolved um, with the likes of you know Billy Slater, Cameron Smith, Cooper Cronk, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, into this new generation, they do play a different style, but. Um, what hasn't changed is their um, brutality in defence, their attention to detail, the systematic defence. So they're a more difficult side to, to break down the storm than most. So I guess mm. um, I guess we'll see moving forward, and it it, it can be psychological. And then you look, I, I love what the Broncos have done. They've passed every test up to now, but for every test that they've passed, the degree of difficulty has risen, and again it rises with this test now of finals mm. and. As a football club, they've not been there for a long time. I think last time they played Parramatta, put about fifty on them at home. Yeah. And remember the, you know, the, the argument about some players got caught in poking machines yeah. the, night the night before, before yeah, and it was just a, slap the night yeah. before. It was just an and, absolute yeah. schmozzle, wasn't yeah. it? And a big systematic review of how they approach finals. And look, they're a huge club, massive wave of support behind them. They were, cl- they were close to playing finals last year, but they dropped off. They passed the test of origin this year. Mm. And then now they play finals. And the test for them, obviously finishing in the top two, couldn't be any more difficult than mm. coming up against the Melbourne Storm that um, have been there for generations. Well, that's a fascinating mix in the in the top four, isn't it? Because, okay, you got teams like Roosters, if they get in a run, or the Knights who are on a run into the finals, possibly... They make a have a crack at a preliminary final outside chance grand final, but the top four you've got two teams established this time of year, know how intel, not just in the playing personnel but the coaching staff, particularly with Melbourne Storm playing staff and coaching staff with Penrith, and then you've got these two newbies at this time of year, Brisbane. Kevin Walters knows what it's all about, but his playing group, on the whole, pretty much doesn't, and the Warriors who are the outliers because no one expected them. So that top four has got a beautiful mix of been there, done that. Now there, can they do that type thing? I, I think it's perfectly, perfectly mm. poised for a great month of footy. And there's some intriguing matchups in the terms of, uh, you know, even just look at the top four. I mean, Kevy used to be Craig's assistant. 
Uh, Andrew Webster used to be Ivan Cleary's assistant, so they know each other well. They know how the, each other coach, particularly. Um, and, you know, you go beyond that, Fitzy up against Trent Robinson. Um, you know, so there's that real master and apprentice thing going on as well throughout this final series. And it's a bit like that with the teams, right? Brisbane and uh, Penrith and Melbourne are the masters. Mm. Brisbane and the Warriors, a little bit about the apprentice about them. And, um, you know, I, you, you asked about Penrith a bit earlier and I changed the subject, but I mean, they're just an unstoppable machine, aren't they? They lost a couple of games and then they just turn it, turn it around, get everyone back. Nathan's back and they just... They just look so good, so well, hard to beat. If they are to be stopped by the Warriors, for instance, James, how do the Warriors go about it? We saw the lateral style of footy that Manly and Para tried to, or Para successfully, Manly nearly, against Penrith late in the season. Do they go down that route or do they play rumble through the middle footy, which they're capable of doing the Warriors with their four pack as well? No. I don't think, you can, around. I don't think you can play Penrith at that game and, and, and be confident of winning. You you would need to be incredibly lucky, um, but but I think for for me it it's more about the uh, approach defensively now for the the Warriors against the Penrith Panthers. Um, yes, they will need to to pass the ball, not not necessarily play risky, yep, uh, but have a, an attitude of passing the ball. But I think it's defensively and and how they look to mark up, um, and look. The, the Penrith were f- fantastic against the the Cowboys. The Cowboys, uh, there's a few question marks there, but but their efforts and attention to detail. You know, their coach came out and I think he basically said 16 of the 17 didn't turn up today. They weren't playing desperate enough. The only one was Luciano Leilua, yeah. um, which is a huge uh, statement from them. But I think for the, the Warriors, if they're going to beat Penrith, I would. Um, uh, I would really overload my defence uh, on Nathan Cleary and wherever he is, and mm-hmm. and almost tempt them into saying, make the option appear to be go to Cogger. Cogger, yeah. I'd even go a man under mm-hmm. on that side. On that side, or have my or have my fullback marking him, and like we see a lot of like like we see uh, a lot of the times, so I have Nickel Cluckster mm. on. Cogger and, and disappear almost like a, a, a ghost, an illusion defender. Mm. Um, because I think Nathan pulls the string so well off the back of the Isaiah Yo shape, especially. So I'd, I'd so you're ex- saying you'd I'd, have a man just shadowing him, an extra man shadowing him no, everywhere I'd, he went. Uh, talking about like the, the splits on the field, we know, yep. we know this whether like middle of the field people go six and six, yep. uh, oh, sorry, five and five and five, two markers, yeah, um, you know, or you know, at those. Uh, scrum lines just in between them you'll you'll go man marking on the defender usually six and four split but mm. I think with um, Cleary you, you, you go the extra person um, and you would go a a seven and five split middle of the field on you Isaiah Yo. the go to sorry court. not a seven uh, a, a six and four split yeah. yep. maybe with the full back coming into the line and challenge them because Nathan it, and it, say uh, if you're going to beat us Jack Hogger's going to beat us yeah yeah that's that. That's the approach. That approach I take. Interesting. Interesting. I like that approach. Yeah. Well, wait and see. Sounds it? like there's a story in that idea. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll steal it and say it was my idea. Oh, Jack, let me write this down. <laughs> Jack Cogger. <laughs> uh, so that's Saturday, Arvo, and just have a look at the weather forecast as well. Importantly, for a day game, it's going to be dry as well. So if 
the Warriors want to get a bit flamboyant, they'll have the conditions to be able to do that. It's interesting as well. If you look back to um, Penrith's defeats at the start of the season, uh, most noticeably against St. Helens and Brisbane, they were wet nights as well. Mm. Mm. And very tight games. Very yeah, tight games, but they were wet. Yeah. And I mean, not what I said before, Andrew Webster knows that team as well as anyone. He's been that mm. was there for a long time. So I'm sure Jimmy's ideas probably probably been, he'd know Nathan Cleary as well as anyone as well. I mean, he was in charge of their attack when he was there, so I'm sure he'd um, have some ideas about maybe going down that path. Is it Andrew Webster the one to, the type of character to stir a pot in a week like this, or is he pretty No, I don't, he's a pretty, um, quiet, he's a pretty quiet guy, not quiet guy, but he's pretty um, straight down the line, Andrew, and I don't yeah. think he's going to be lobbing any grenades, I don't suspect he will. Well, if you're going to good lo- if he did, though. You're going to arrange you lob him this way, will you? Yeah, you're probably not going to lob him at them, though. No. You? And he's got a great James. relationship with a lot of people at that footy club, Ivan. and Left on good terms? Left on good terms. Um, knows the players really well. And, you know, I don't think he's going to come out and slag them off. I don't think it's mm. really in his nature anyway. And I don't think it would be particularly this week. Sharky's Roosters right after that one on Saturday night. At Shark Park. Is that a storyline today? Oh, floating man. around that, that it's there it and not Allianz or it's, Combank? It's a construction site. How can you be playing a finals game at a construction so what's site? The, what's the um, of 13,000 people. 13. 13,000 people. It's ridiculous. I've seen a demountable. Um, you know, and I, and I, look, I wouldn't play at Allianz because that's the Roosters' home ground, but surely I know it's a long way from people from Cronulla. I live in the Northern Beaches, which is just as bad, but maybe they play the Combank. Combank. Or, well, that's not far up King George's Road. Yeah. It's like I mean, play, it's crazy. But, but why not play at Allianz? At Allianz, because it's the Roosters' home ground. So, I don't but, think but, that's fair. But, but for me, um, this should have been predetermined before a ball was kicked. But this is the yeah. issue, Jimmy. It used, it used to be we played at a big big grounds. Then it got changed. Can't, can't remember how long ago it got changed well, back to suburban grounds. Cronulla and Manly were playing in these games and yeah. they were playing them at Allianz yeah. and there was 15,000 yeah. people there and it looked crap and it sounded crap. Yeah. I will say though this year they've had the highest ever average attendance for the home and away season. There's nearly average attendance thanks to the Dolphins coming in that's popped it up a bit of 19,000 people per game. 11,000 is the worst, and that's the drag. And then everyone else is 14 or over. It looks crap playing at a construction site, as I said, at Cronulla. Yeah. I mean, it's 13,000 people for a finals game. It's embarrassing. I don't don't know if they played at Allianz, they'd get 30 this week. Because Uh, crowds have come back to the footy. Yeah, and there's going to be more people that can't get a ticket than will have a ticket. And I, I think... You know, you, you if you're the Sharks, you drive the narrative of we need you. We'll put buses yeah. on for you. We'll put extra trains on. Yeah, it, it, it's doable. Give them, yes, you, you lose that technical home ground advantage. But, you know, you open up today. The ticket sales go on. It's for Canola members only. They get to pack it out. And, you know, I know Fitzgibbon w- wouldn't agree because he'd say we've earned this home field advantage. But I think to your point there, Edie, for the yeah. overall greater good of the game, this game needs to be played at Allianz Stadium. Like, I know what you say about going to a call, but with the logistics of getting there, then nobody wins. But I think the game wins if this game is at Allianz. Yeah. I brought this up with Gordon Dallas on Footy Talk today as well. What about the Penrith game? So, I'd imagine there's more than 20,000 people who want to watch that game mm. at Footy Live, given how many Warriors fans, or people of Kiwi descent that live in Sydney... Should that be moved to Combank? Um, Combank. Yeah. I think they should all be played 10, at biggest. At the the finals should be at the big venues, I th- the good venues, the, the state of the art venues. The reason I brought up those crowd figures is I think the game now, and that's the one thing that's really improved in rugby league in the last five years is f- after COVID, especially, is fans going back to the footy. 
They're events. Yeah. You yeah. get 16,000 to a dead rubber on Friday night at Bookie yeah. the other night. Yeah. It's like, okay, people want to go. And, you know, for, you know, people will, will come with the argument of what happens if we have a, a Warriors v. Cronulla and the, there's nobody there. But, but that game could happen in a couple of weeks' time. Hmm. So we're going to have that problem where the, you know, this suburban ground advantage is taken away as of next week. Yeah. So... It is taken away next week. Yeah, isn't it, it is. Yeah, no matter pretty, what. Yeah, no matter sure what. Memory, so next week's got to be the. If one of those top, games where ground. it's you know, a team that perhaps don't travel well, like mm. you know the Cowboys play a game in Sydney, then that's just something that we have to live with next week. Didn't they have one year a doubleheader? Yeah, uh, I think they Allianz? did. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, they had you're right. Two in a row. We've got a yep. bit of background music today on. Uh, <laughs> I think the Cruel Sea are in for a Triple M promotion. So if that's what you can hear on the background here and oh, on the good. Monday Free scrum, and you're, you're watching it going on in the background. There's uh, there's Del rocking away with his uh, with his cool hat. So anyway, we'll bring it back to the footy. Um, the actual game, your little mate Brandon, Brandon Smith, that looked like on uh, I don't know, but what you reckon on Friday night that looked like Brandon Smith in a Melbourne Storm jumper at his absolute best the other night. Yeah, especially defensively. I thought the the Roosters' middles really turned up for one another, and it wasn't just to, one. <laughs> it wasn't um, just one uh, person in particular. Like Lindsay yeah. Collins has really held the fort this season. I think he's been outstanding, but he was backed up by um, uh, Butcher. May was pretty. May good. was amazing off yeah. the bench. Radley had Bradley one of his best good. games. You know, they mm. you could see the desperation. There was a there was a moment there in the second half, um, a block of possession that Souths had and the Roosters that that in previous weeks, at the start of the season they fold. Mm. Um but they didn't. They just kept kept turning off, off one another, applying the pressure, frustrating Souths, really frustrated them. The ball came on the last to Cody Walker and he was ambushed and that was uh from a Roosters perspective, it was great to see they've hit form at the right time. I think Brandon's been pretty good the last month. month. Yeah, he's he, been really good. Since he's, he's got up to yeah. speed after what was the hand, the hand yeah. injury, yeah. and he's he's proving his worth. He's looked more like the Brandon Smith we're accustomed to, and um, I reckon they're a massive chance in this game. The Roosters, in fact, I, I think they'll win it. I think they're mm. they're just playing better footy for me than the Sharks at the moment. Well, they're not walking um, into a hostile atmosphere, are they? With well, only 13,000 there. No, not as hostile as it could be. Exactly. Yeah. It actually kept... And I think they're enjoying it, the bit the Roosters got... Well, I, was just, I spoke to Teddy this morning, you know, enjoying that... that not, I wouldn't say they're the underdog, but, you know, proving people wrong. Because mm. everyone wrote them off six weeks ago. And I think they've, you know, they're, they're enjoying that, that idea of they've, shoving it up some people. They've got the best of the draw because I would be unbelievably confident of Newcastle's chances against the Roosters at home yeah. in the first round of a finals. But that, I reckon it's 50-50, Sharks and Roosters. Yeah. Because Cronulla... Scratchy. They've been scratchy. Consistency Cronulla. has been... Yeah. It's been weird, hasn't it, James? Compared to what they did last year. Last year, they were really... It was really clear what what they were. They could move the ball really well, defensively solid. This year, wavy. It's Yeah, they, they, they look beatable at the moment, the Sharks. Mm. Um and look, but they're capable of coming out and putting thirty-six on a team, they, or forty they, on a team, pretty they, quickly. They are, um, but but they certainly look beatable. And uh, made the point before about um, the, the freshness of sides, Cronulla, mm. uh, six-day turnaround as well, which which doesn't help. Um, they cause the Roosters off a on an eight-day turnaround. So mm. I think uh, it is advantage Roosters. Mm. Yeah, with thirteen thousand people there. Anyway, there's going to be more than that on. Uh, 
on Sunday afternoon mm. up in Newey. Um, but Packed John's going to rock. That, that is going to be so much fun. It's a good yeah. place to be, isn't it, when it's full? So good. Past uh, two weeks now, they had that huge game against South Sydney and the, mm. you, there was not a space, not a space seat in the ground. Uh, they backed that up with Old Boys Day with a, a convincing victory against the, the Sharks as well. Things are things are looking mm. uh, amazing up there and real feel-good factor as well, especially with what they've been through. They, them, like the Roosters, a lot of people red line through them, uh, proved a lot of people wrong and they sit pretty in fifth. Rudy, Yo. has anyone got to the, you know, you do these um, deep dives into what changed oh, and the stories dives, behind yeah. the scenes that changed with Newcastle, yeah. like with teams that get on a run yeah, like this. Yeah, yeah. What clicked? What What's the word out of Newcastle that it all started happening for them? Well, I don't think anything specifically has been done on that, but obviously they played Canterbury well, that week. Yeah, there's another, write that one down. Yeah, no, I think that well, one's yeah. on our list. Yeah. Uh, but obviously that Canterbury game was a game to turn their season. They were under yeah. the blowtorch going into that game, and, um, you know, they just... I think what they put sixty points on them from memory. Sixty six. Sixty six. And that that just <laughs> yeah, yes. you remember that day, Jim? Um and they had a boy and then they come out and they have it well, that was the start of their streak. So yeah. um I'm not sure what happened to lead up to that game. I'm sure at some point it'll come out and we'll and we'll work it out. But um that, that just changed the whole year. They suddenly mm. got an, an infusion of confidence and belief and they've just carried it on. I mean that, that game was a turning point, I think, for Kalen to an extent. I think Kalen had been a bit scratchy from memory. Up until then, and I mean, he's probably been the best player in the comp over the past nine nine weeks. Him and yeah, him and Reese probably. So, um, you know, I just think that 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 was just the ga- the game they needed. Canterbury mm. was the game they needed at that point in time because they'd lose that. He's, Adam O'Brien's probably not even there now. How does Canberra try and pick holes in Newcastle at the moment? Such a confident team, everyone playing their role so well. Where do you where do you try to find that chink? I think. Um Look, I've seen a number of teams enter finals and no one given any attention uh, mm. or hope in hell. And this is the situation with Canberra. So they need to tap into something. Um, and if I was part of that organization, the narrative I'd be looking to tap into is Jack Whiten. Mm-hmm. And that's it. It's as simple as we've got to do something here for Jack. And maybe there's some words there that Ricky Stewart needs to get to him and say, how are you going to leave your mark on this football club? You came through here, a local junior. What are we going to remember you? What's you going to What's going to be your final act? What do you think about the idea he's been playing the centres? Obviously, would you want Would you want Jack? I think g- he's. I think he's got to move closer to. to well, that game on Sunday, his... he looked like the guy who was. If anything was going to happen, Jack would happens around yeah. here. Yeah, so I, you I, need I, the ball in his hands, don't you? Yes, and and obviously. I think you move him into to five eight, and then you put Croker back in, and there's another narrative that you can tap yeah. into as well, um, because I think on ability at the moment, that's not going to be enough to get Canberra there. Yeah. Uh, but but I think on on emotion and story and going above and beyond, those are the two stories that you can tap into. Well, they got some outside back shuffling to do, Canberra, yeah. given Sebastian Chris cops five for the. Uh, the yeah. head tip was a bad one. He's yeah. a shocker. He pleaded guilty straight away. There was no mucking around. So yeah, um, just one of those one of the things. Yeah, he got wrong. He knew it straight away, and yeah, yeah. It was a bad one. Yeah, really bad. But, one. but he, he was he's lucky not, to he, only get five weeks. I it, think. Yeah, it it it, it seemed well very much out of character as yeah. well. Like he, he's not that sort of player. Um, what whatsoever. Just a just a. 
a, a moment of lapse in concentration. Obviously, people are loving that comment from yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Is it bleeding through? This is meant to be a soundproof <laughs> studio, isn't it? It's not coming through. There's yeah, a lot of applause I, going on around. Yeah, here. look, I think <laughs> so, so the important thing to mention <laughs> is Sebastian Chris is, isn't that type of player. Yeah. Um, and we, we, we're just fortunate that that there's no significant consequence from that tackle as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, in saying that, yeah, I asked you, can you find a, a hole in what Newcastle are about? And you threw it back on Canberra and what they can provide. They've been at their best. And if Newcastle are anywhere near their best, Newcastle win. Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, they do have some worries. Though. I mean, Kalen's obviously got that shoulder yep, problem. He's going to play. Really, he's uh, I know play. he'll play, but will, will he be at his best, Jimmy? Will he be able to do everything he's been doing? Probably. Yes. And Jackson Hastings, the other one, although Adam Clune's been outstanding replacing him, but um, Jackson's obviously still got that ankle issue and um, I think hopefully he'll play as well. So, I mean, if they get Kalen and Jackson back, they're looking mm. pretty good. People go above and beyond this time of year. They know that the, fin- the finish line is imminent and um, K- Kalen's just got to mm. push through it. He'll have plenty of injections. I think his, and... his toughness is a bit underrated, Jimmy. Yeah. Kalen, I don't think people appreciate how tough he is and... You know what he's, you know, given what he's been through over the past, yeah. If you, if six you're, months yeah. or so, and if, if he, shows he, he's a tough dude. Any player that's wanting to be in full physical peak condition, well, part of being in peak condition is being a, a little bit battered and bruised from the season, and, and being and being game ready. Especially the role that those guys play, like Kalen, Reese Walsh, those guys, they're playing a position where they they're almost they're at full tilt when they receive the ball off the back, like inside the opposition twenty. And the sole objective of the outside winger these days seems to be, can you time it that you can not only stop the guy, but wipe him out? Yeah. And there's some horrific collisions. And they'll continue to be. Like, remember, Teddy's got knocked out a couple of times this, this year or in the last two years as well. That takes a fair bit of <laughs> fairly large pair of nuts to yeah. uh, keep on doing that and doing out doing it without self-preservation. Mm. It sure does. Um, with... Kalen as well mm-hmm. about coming back in potentially. Is there any thought that it's too soon from Newcastle's point of view, or is it if he's seventy percent, eighty percent right, he's got to play? Oh, I think Kalen will want to play. Yeah. I think Kalen will demand that he plays because um, you know he wants to play finals footy, he wants to win a premiership. And I, having spoken to him only two, three weeks ago, I think he believes that they can win the comp. That they're in a, you know, even though they're what are they sixth, yep. and in the bottom bottom half of the eight, he believes that they're playing well enough they can give this comp a shake. So he will want to play. Ever played a finals game which you you were borderline, and if it was just a normal week, you go, no, nah, I'm not there. But you know what? No, but because like you treated every game like a grand well, final. Well, <laughs> look, the, the, this time of year, you'd be naive to think you're going to not be suffering an, an element of pain in some yeah. way, shape, or form. But like, like when fun. you when you're in the thick of it, yeah. what as soon as that first whistle go, goes, you don't even remember the fact that you're in pain. Yeah, you you are just going. What about twelve hours later? Uh, that's a different kettle of fish. <laughs> You get pe- peel off your bed. <laughs> like, oh, hello. And then hello, you familiar up, feeling. Then you wake up the next morning and you read the paper and some journos just bag you for not coming up to standard in yeah. a big game and you can barely walk. Why are you looking at me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
I don't, nothing. I don't think I ever bagged Jimmy. No, 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 in no, his no, career. no, 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 no. <laughs> it's trying, just not he's, yet. He's trying to think. I just noticed on like uh, when was it? It was Friday night. You 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 hear of players that have been in the media or whatever for not aiming up or they're below form or whatever. You just got no idea what they're actually doing to get on the field. Colin Matungi, mm. that was the player. So I watched him three times in the first half. He stayed down in tackles. Yeah, he was battling, wasn't he? He was in so much pain with something. Yeah. And I remember in the lead up to that game, the last six, they've said, oh, since Origin, he's been no good. For all we know, he could have been just having six needles in an yeah. ankle injury or something like that just to get on the park to try and prove himself. Well, Campbell be, Graham was the same. Campbell's had that sternum problem, hasn't he? Yeah. And he missed yeah. another tackle. It was a Billy Smith he missed the other night, and it's very, very, very unlike Campbell Graham. He missed Ponga a couple of weeks before that, but you know he's been carrying a sternum problem for an eternity. It's an, and it's an interesting approach how we should deal with players like that because, like, at, at, at what point does it become detrimental to the team? Mm. Uh, it's always fascinated me that where well, okay, you've a got quick... a, a Campbell Graham or a Kaloma Tangi, clearly not. 100%, but yeah. they'd rather have those people out there at whatever whatever percentage or whatever um, level below their full ability rather than bringing the next person on. Yeah, it's a it's a hard balance and obviously taking into consideration but was... I think, as, sorry, I, I think no, right. as well it speaks volumes to our sport and how people go above and beyond. So now in the sport of soccer, it's like one little tight twinge. It's like, oh, sorry, gaff, gaff, <laughs> gaff, gaffer, I'm not playing. Put their hand like, up they, and they, come they, off they, them too. They, you know, they, there's no convincing them to yeah. continue through the pain barrier. It's like, hey, if I'm not if I'm not at 100%, I'm not going to put myself on show out there. Yeah. Yeah. Different, interesting psyche. I it hope is. we don't go that Down way. Because I often see that, Jimmy, with a guy, you know, you watch the Premier we watch a lot of Premier yeah. League at him, and you see a guy who'll, who'll just be standing there, suddenly he'll sit down, yeah. he'll get the trainer on, and, he, and he'll point to his camera or his calf or something, and, and he'll leave. Mm. And you look at him and think, well, he could probably keep going, but they're, they're at a stage probably where they think, oh, I need to be finely tuned. I need to be. Well, if he gets embarrassed in one action, yeah. and it leads to a goal, yeah. <laughs> you got 40,000 people. Yeah. Yeah. Wanting to neck you. And, um, and a billion around the world, probably. And he's still getting £200,000 a week. Yeah, in his that, bank that helps. Account. Yeah. Kind of balances things, doesn't <laughs> it? The competitive edge. Yep. Anyway, back to uh, rugby league. Um, South Cowboys season's over. Parramatta season over as well. We knew this, Parramatta. Did, did, did we find out if Parra had their Mad Monday last week or they're having it this week? Uh, my, my feeling is they might have had it last week. Last week. Yeah, Just get out I of the think. way. I, not, yeah. not every team's having a mad Monday this year. <laughs> doggies, are, doggies are feeding the homeless on Monday. Um, Tex Perkins from uh, the Cruel Sea have just performed. Um, and Gus Wallen. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Gus Wallen's threatening us. That is, in, like, compared to Tex, I'll cop it from him. Because he looks a lot scarier. Gus, you just look like you need a cuddle. And that's it. Anyway, he can't hear us. Sorry. Carry on. What was I, I can't remember what I was saying. Yeah. What was I saying? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Parramatta. Oh, Mad some, yeah, clubs, Parramatta some clubs Mad aren't Monday. even. Yeah, Canterbury aren't. Gold Coast didn't have a Mad Monday. Yep. Canterbury are feeding the homeless. Well, I think they're having a Mad. They're going to the races Saturday. Yep. And Manly are having theirs on Tuesday. So it's not mm-hmm. Mad Monday. It's a bit out of vogue. Gold this Coast year. didn't have one. Not having it. Of no. all the places where you could have the best. I suppose every day is Mad Monday <laughs> on the Gold Coast, isn't it? Let's be honest. Sin City. It's like baby. going to Willy Wonka's factory and not eating chocolate. <laughs> the glitter strip. What are they doing? <laughs> James, I'm, I'm, can you saving, that? I'm saving that for my WTF moment. <laughs> <laughs> can you explain Didn't deserve that? it, apparently. What went wrong? 
Souths has been well documented. Mm. Is there anything that hasn't been documented in your opinion that Souths it went wrong for them this season, or is it all all the dirty linen being aired already? I don't know. Maybe we're overanalyzing. Maybe it's just a, a simple fact that they've not respected the football. Like the completion rate is horrible, mm. and if they'd have build into their sets a little bit more. Even the game on the weekend against the Roosters, there was a lot of tension involved. But I just got the impression that Souths play with this attitude of feeling like they need to score on every play. Impatience. And every mm-hmm. every half break then needs to be like, let's go and chase another break. And when it comes off, it's perfect. That's why mm-hmm. they go top of the league. And that's why they were the competition favourites because they had that ability. But then... Perhaps when you're just out of sync a little bit and they've had some readjustment there, perhaps they need to rethink how they uh, approach the game. Mm. It's like, okay, we've made a dent in this team. Let's not necessarily then go and chase. Let's look to build some pressure and then we'll get some easy tries. But, you know, we, we, we like to analyse and look at things. But I guarantee if South Sydney's completion rate was up at the top end of the competition as opposed to the bottom end of the competition, they make the eight. Yeah, at least. Cowboys? Really disappointing year. Really disappointing year. Because after what they did last year, I thought they'd take another step this year. But mm. um, look, they had some injuries at times. Nanai missed a bit of footy. Um, but and no excuse, really. Do you think they, they overachieved just, last year? Though? I don't think so, Jimmy. I thought, I thought that that was... I thought they played really well this year and they'd actually take another step, but they actually, I don't know what happened to them. They just stagnated. Well, they didn't well, they stagnate, good, they, they went backwards. Yeah. And when they weren't good, they no. were toilet. And they had some guys who, like Nanai, even though he missed some games, when he came back, he wasn't the Jeremiah Nanai the year before. I thought he had a really disappointing year, Jeremiah Nanai. Um, yeah, they had some blokes like who just did not Big landing on. care for him after getting picked for Australia yeah. and whatnot. Um, but, mate, like, the, the reflection of how poor they were, I, I I watched them at Shark Park. They they were dreadful. Mm. They they got embarrassed by the Tigers as well. They turned that around by embarrassing them. But yeah. th- those are some of the the results and performances that you look back and you can't afford to have them. Too volatile. So both mm. the bunnies and the cowboys same problems in a in a roundabout kind of way. Um, oh. Jimmy, <laughs> Andrew Davy has he got in contact in the last twenty four hours or <laughs> no? Uh, <laughs> to you who has got in contact. Producers of NRL 360 <laughs> plonked you on a panel with uh, Phil Rothfield. He's taken my seat off. <laughs> oh, I've, I've taken your seat. I've been you... tossed out. And happily so. Surely. I've got to go sit in the green room and watch them. <laughs> oh, don't you want a ringside seat? And I'm going to the... turn up with some bum. Turn up with a bucket of popcorn. <laughs> oh, I do. Yeah. I need a lob on the set first and just leave it there. And watch well, them go at it. Look, I, I I made those those comments yesterday, and, and I stand by them mm. because. Andrew Davey put his name to them, and that was the truth. Yeah. That he he wasn't part. He came uh, from Manly, very solid first grader. He came thinking um, maybe correctly or incorrectly that he was going to play each week. Mm. Um, He didn't. Why do people complain about cultures when you lose or you're not a part of a team? You're not getting what you think you uh, deserve or what you want. Um, He thought he was going to play, and... The reality of it is, is um, young Jacob Preston and that jersey. Did did Serralo sign Davy? Was he a previous signing? I'm not he sure. was locked in anyway. It's 
by the by, mm. what's out there is out there. Ready? Anything further to this? Anything from the Bulldogs' land uh, today? No, no, not today. I mean, I, look, we've been writing a lot about this issue over the past week. Mm. Like the Andrew Davy thing, I think is separate too. And this this idea of long training hours and pushing them too hard, I think that's separate to the other issue, which is this young kid who's taken a mental health break because a punishment at training. I think for me, they're two separate issues. Yeah. yeah. You know, one is... But one leads to the other. Well... well D- Davies come out and criticised Cameron Seraldo yeah. and, and the culture, the culture of the club. Yeah. Mm. But it's hard to argue it's, it's a great culture at the moment, Jimmy, given the way they've gone this year um, and everything you hear out of the place and the fact, you know, there's, there's about three players that they bought this year that they've already got rid of. Mm. So... You know, when you look at the results and the way they're getting flogged on a weekly basis, conceding over 30 points just about every week this year, that doesn't happen in good. That doesn't happen when you've got a good culture, does it? You'd know better than me because you've been around that sort of stuff. But when you've got a good culture, generally you don't get belted by 30 points every week. No, but I don't think that the culture um, that's there at the moment is, is the is the finished foundation. No, I agree. So with they're you. trying to build something yeah. there. Cam, like, so I, I completely appreciate what Cameron's trying to build and what he's trying to change at that place because it needs to be changed. That's crystal clear that it needs to be changed. And I think um everything like the, the the moves he's making, getting rid of guys who don't want to buy into the culture. I, but, I'm but, I'm hundred percent behind but, that. But even that. The like, issue is whether the punishment of one player went too far. That's a separate issue to the cultural issue that's yeah. been talked about. So, so in terms of, d- did the punishment of a player go too far? I, 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 the question I need to ask is, was that personal? Hmm. And I don't think it was. Hmm. What, it, what, what do you mean? Was it, Well, is that a, a personal punishment on that particular individual? Like, is that a personal punishment to be like, I'm going to target this person? No, no, I don't think it was. Ball, no. or, that, that's, that's either a dice roll, a spin, or a, or a lads, if anyone's late again, this is what we're going to be doing. No, I don't think it was personal either. Yeah, exactly. I just think so, it, 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 the, the actual, although I would say this, the punishment he copped was, for example, Danny wrote about Braden Burns copying the same punishment. Well, that's Danny wrong. Waddle, are you talking Danny about? Danny Waddle, well, that's wrong. He didn't call the same punishment. Yes, he had to wrestle players, but he only wrestled eight players. This kid wrestled 24. It's a separate, it's a completely separate punishment. Danny talked about agendas and entering this whole discussion. Well, Danny's got his own agenda, let's be honest. You know, Danny's pushing an agenda of his own. So the fact he didn't tell you the full story in terms of Braden Burns, you know, yeah, well, I, I, perhaps, I don't think that was but, a legitimate line yeah. to draw. Well, well, but perhaps then it's like, okay, the message isn't getting through to the players. Where, like, okay, now, now the ante gets upped. Hmm. Yeah, and but, it's not personal. It's not we're gonna we're gonna you know exercise this punishment on the one individual. It's just it, it's hmm. escalated to that. And uh, uh, but you that's know the what? point. Oh, did it escalate too far, Jimmy? That's the question. You know that that's what we we need to find out. And I, I don't well, think who we'll, who gets to decide what too far is. I think the, the the Bulldogs get to decide, and the the leaders that organisation get to decide. Do we want to see a see a player pushed to to a point that they've got um they've had to take a mental health break? No, but I, I don't think this is personal. Mm-hmm. And, and also, and also, the Bulldogs aren't running a forced labour camp. You have a choice whether you want to be, you whether you want to be a professional athlete or not. Yes, but you make that choice, and then. Like I was uh, subdu- I was sub- subjected when I was training there to some, like, uh, like, uh, like I was 
pushed to my absolute physical extreme. As punishments. There's a difference between pushing. Was that how you prepared? There's a difference between um, pushing a player to prepare him for what he's about to confront, or pushing to breaking point to make him a better footballer, as compared to to breaking him down as a form of punishment that puts him on show and embarrasses him. That's there's a difference there. Like I I know plenty of players that were put on show in that organisation when I was there, yeah. and we actually played pretty well. Yeah, like we embarrassing players, not everyone like can scream, hand, not yeah, everyone people can handle that stuff. Screamed in front of their faces for uh, missing an assignment in defence. That some people would just go, "Well, geez, that's it." Mm. And plenty of other examples of of, of other players not, um, or, or or having the same course of action, but be it a, a, a missed tackle, a misread, a fall for a fall for a show and go mm. on a particular player when you know he's going to do it, when they know they're going to do it. But that's putting him on show at a oh, that's a, but, in, in a room and 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 you're saying they they got punished physically for that sort of thing. I, I, I was part of some um, ambushes by the the coaching staff there. What's that mean, ambushes? What do you mean? Well, like well, they, you thought you've had a pretty good game. You rock up to the video no, review and you've just been uh, like extra conditioning. Hmm. That yeah, but it was a mutual suffering, and I, and I was in my 30s at the time, and I felt that I, I, I didn't need to be part of that. I felt like I was, be, like, why am I part of this? Like, I, I, I've met all my KPIs, but we, we've, we've lost, and now the whole squad, re- reserves included, that got a win on the weekend, that are playing in two days' time, we're all getting punished by doing extra conditioning. Mm. Yeah, but that's fine. That, that's a whole team thing. This, wasn't, this was an individual thing. This was one player. That's different. And I've also been part of teams where an individual's been late and then we've all had to come in at 4.30 a.m. Again, it's a team thing, though. Yeah, but 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 then does that not create the atmosphere of, like, we're all off that one particular it individual? It probably does, yeah, for a time yeah. until he earns your respect again. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's, it's, it's hard to know exactly what the correct course of action is. I agree and, with and, you. And, and there is no right or wrong answer, but there has to be some form of uh, consequence. Yes. I agree for, with you. For, for, for being late. Yes. Uh, and you have to have standards. And for me, the Bulldogs, they're picking their hill to die on and they're going to stand for something. Yep. And if that's what they want to stand for and everybody knows, then well, that's fair enough. And I'll, you well, know what? Perhaps there could be a rethink in this, really. Yeah. Perhaps there, there, there may be a, a, a rethink. I don't know. Yeah. But I, I think it's important that there are standards within organizations and they are no, upheld. I don't think anyone disputes that, Jimmy. Nor that there's there's punishments for footy clubs. No one's saying there shouldn't be. the 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 only question is whether this was too severe. That's the question. Well, so, not not so whether well, you should I, have I punishment asked, or not. I asked the question before: hmm. Was the punishment personal? And I don't think it was. No, and again, I agree with you. I don't think it was personal. It, it could have been anyone, but it just so happened this kid was obviously in a, a fragile state, and this has pushed him over the edge. Didn't you see out the week? Of you saw out the week, yeah. Okay. With Cameron Seraldo, yep. um, has he bought this method from Penrith? Do we know that Penrith have these punishments of players that are late? And I say this in reference purely because Penrith have done what they've done in the last five yeah, well, years. Well, I think this, is a, for this whole idea of shark bait or someone else called it, um, Benny Teo was calling it the weekend, feed them to the lions, I think, feed them to the lions. This is done elsewhere, but I don't know if it's done to that extent where you, you wrestle or take on every member of the team 
Mm. And I don't know if it's done necessarily as a, always as a punishment. Sometimes it's done. It's, sometimes it's, this sort of, it, it, yeah. it's done to, to, to push you. Yes. And, yeah. and, to, and to, to put you in a position knowing uh, to try and replicate even worse than what game conditions yes. are going to be. Because when you're out there defending your own line and then you get a repeat set against you, mm. they go short for a dropout. We don't get it back. <laughs> And then all of a sudden, they put a grubber kick through. Your winger picks up the ball. Then he knocks on. <laughs> then you've got to defend your yeah. line again. Then we yeah. get the ball back. And then another winger comes in for a carry out yardage. And then they knock the ball on. Chuck in the six again here as well. And like the six again for holding yep. down. Then yep. someone yep. gets penalized. Then someone gets a, a referee decision. They decide they're going to send someone in the sim bin. Yeah. And you're just in this uncontrollable, volatile, <laughs> horrendous thing. You've got to keep turning up. Yeah. Yeah. And so. Sometimes these shark bait style sessions are done not as a form of punishment. It's a part of your training. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Read about it. Read about it. Reedy's Mail. Out of nowhere, Reedy's Mail. Here we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we were speaking about Kieran Kalamatungi before. Mm. Uh, I've just checked in with house today and where he's at with his... Uh, his contract, his future, he's got it. He's a November one guy. He's got one more year left in the deal. Um, look, they're trying hard to keep him, but there's a, there's a genuine sort of fear or, or feeling that the Canberra's having a really red hot go at Keon. Oh, get him back. Really red hot go get at Get the bunnies him. back. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they, had, they had suggested they look, would look to go down that path, Canberra, and um, it looks as though they are. So yep. they've got, I think Elliot Whitehead's got one year left in his deal there. Um, they, need, they need an edge back row to replace him down the track and looks as though they've identified Keon as, as that man. So, see uh, what his injury worry was, by the way. I'll I'd be interested to know you, what, yeah. what pain he was playing I will check through. that out for you. So keep an eye on that one, the off season, that'll be what they've got. What, what, where are we at? We're in September, aren't we? Yep. Still. So they've got two started. months to lock him away or yep. he hits the open market. Uh, Jake Averillo is having scans today on that knee that he hurt yesterday. Now, obviously Canterbury have an interest in this, but the real issues with the dolphins and, mm. Because uh, it was a genuine fear he'd done an ACL when he, he left the field yesterday. But it's such a cruel game at times. Yeah. <laughs> They're pretty confident it's a PCLO and a, and a, thing, a thing called your uh, PCL complex, Jimmy. Do you know what that is? Does that sound familiar? Something like that? Uh, my recollection from medical school is uh, <laughs> a bit vague on that one. Yeah, sorry. Mm. Anyway, it's they're pretty optimistic it's not an ACL and it won't be too bad for Jake Everillo. So um, that's promising signs. And just the last one, Connor Tracy. Uh, I, t I talked about him a couple of weeks ago and his contractual situation because, uh, again, he's a November 1 guy. Um, and Cronulla, look, they want to keep him, but there's an acknowledgement that um, will um, Will Kennedy be back next year? Yep. No real spot to play him. Um, I hear some clubs going big for Connor Tracy. Okay. Makes some, sense. Yeah. Which ones? So, um, How many? Uh, well, at least one significant one. Okay. It's about to have a new coach. Well, they're all significant, some, aren't they? New coach is looking for some uh, players ah. in the off-season. Is it the place Jimmy, where they Jimmy don't might, have Mad Mondays? Jimmy might have played there at one point in his career. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. St. Helens. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Graham, have a good week. Thank you. You too, mate. Reedy, Cheers. have a good one. Enjoy the popcorn show tonight. Oh, Buzz looking forward to it. That's Monday Scrum. Have a good one, everyone. <laughs> Triple M Footy lives on Listener. Thanks to McDonald's and Rain Hot Water.